We can certainly tell the popularity of children from the number of people we have here this morning. It's good to see each one of you here. I trust that you will enter into every part of the service and experience God's presence in our midst. He has promised that where two or three are gathered together in his name, that there he would be in the midst. Turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. While you're turning there, I'd like to express our thanks for the gift of appreciation from the church and say to you that we appreciate the people of this church very much. I have told many, many people, many here and those in other places, that we have enjoyed this church more than any other place that we have been. If you have not yet found the place, continue to turn and listen as you do. I'm not going to read the passage yet, but I would like to share with you a bit of a story about a place a very unusual place, a beautiful garden, a place where children would really enjoy themselves. There is a lake where you can fish, and if you've never fished before, you would enjoy fishing in this lake. Also in this lake, you can swim, and even if you don't know how to swim, you can swim in this lake. The ideal place for children. Also in this place, there are plenty of bicycles to go around, and if you like to ride ponies, there are ponies there to be ridden. There are all sorts of rides there. There is every kind of food that you could name. Your favorite food. This food was, is not bad for you. As a matter of fact, if you eat your favorite food all the time in this place, you will receive all the vitamins and minerals, all the things that are good for you in this place. Now that I've told you how beautiful this place is and how good it would be for you and how it is especially for children, let me tell you, kids, this place has a big, high fence around it. Someone built a fence around this place. Not only built a big high fence, but there is a tall gate. The gate is closed, and at the gate there are guards. And no one can come into this place but grown-ups. An ideal place for children 
But the grown-ups at the gate won't let anyone in there but grown-ups. And all the kids said, Oh, wouldn't that be bad to have such a place as that? Well, I want to read to you this passage today from the Bible that in a different way tells the same story. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. And they, the parents, brought young children to Jesus, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And Jesus took them up in his arms, and he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Let's pray. Father, I pray that today you would help us as parents, as grandparents, and as a church to see that there sometimes are ways in which we stand in the way of our children coming to Jesus. And Father, I pray that you would help us as parents, as grandparents, and as a church to truly let the children come to Jesus by everything that we say and by everything that we do. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. In 1983, we lost our oldest son. Not long after that, <clears throat> I began the city route for Mistletoe Express. I was working downtown. I picked up freight at Watkins Incorporated, 700 block West 2nd. I met a man there, an older man, who had had a son. At one time, the son went out running wild, drinking. The son had been drinking a lot and left the bar on the highway, took off from the bar as if he were at a drag strip, came to a sharp turn in the road at a high rate of speed and the car flipped over into the ditch that was filled with water and this young man lost his life. And I, in understanding 
the story from this older man about his son, I'm sure that I clearly understood that this son did not know Jesus Christ as his Savior. And I could see and feel the sadness of this old man as he spoke of his son. A double sadness because this son had gone out to meet God unprepared. A lot of times parents, grandparents, and sometimes the church in searching their hearts may find that in some way when their children are grown and gone from home have some regrets and feel that in some way they have failed to let their children come to Jesus. And so I say to you today, let your children come to Jesus. These parents were bringing their children to Jesus. This shows such a reverence, a respect for the master teacher. They wanted to bring their children to Jesus that he might bless them. Get the picture here. The picture of beautiful, happy, lovable children. Children that are a delight and a joy. These children were being brought by their parents and others to Jesus. These children, in our study of the passage, we understand, were all the way from infants, babies in arm, to children that would be called children under instruction. Those that were still listening to what their parents had to say. What better time would we have to bring children to Jesus than the time when they're still listening to what we as parents and grandparents have to say. Parents and grandparents Bring your children to Jesus. Let your children come to Jesus. Jesus loves the little children. Parents and grandparents, how much do you love your children? Bring your children to Jesus. Let your children come to Jesus. The parents had been in the habit of bringing their children to the rulers of the synagogues. Now they were bringing their children to Jesus. The word that is translated bringing or brought here in this passage indicates that they kept on bringing 
their children to Jesus. Even though the disciples were rebuking them, the disciples kept on rebuking these parents and others who were bringing their children to Jesus. Their rebuke was ineffectual. It was without result. It was unwarranted. They kept on rebuking the parents. They were discouraging them from bringing the children to Jesus. But that was ineffective because the parents had such determination to bring their children to Jesus. Now let's think about us today. Think about our own determination or lack of determination in bringing our children to Jesus. Think about the things that get in the way of bringing our children to Jesus. Sometimes a job gets in the way of bringing our children to Jesus. Sometimes we feel that this is our only day off and, and we need to rest and we fail to let our children come to Jesus, to let them partake of that eternal rest, rest for the soul. And we sometimes come to the point of making our physical rest more important than the eternal rest of our children. Bring your children to Jesus. This word brought here is a word that is used of bringing a sacrifice and offering it to God. It indicates that these parents were bringing their children for Jesus' blessing, that they might dedicate their children to God. All their hopes were bound up in their bringing their children to Jesus. Their hopes for their health and their wealth and their prosperity and for heaven and eternal life for their children. They had their hopes in their children. My friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, let your children come to Jesus Bring them to church and Sunday school and, and bring them to Jesus through doing these things. You may be saying by your actions that these things are of no value to your children. That these things are not important in the life of your children by your actions, and by your words. My friends, bring your children to Jesus. The disciples were discouraging the parents and those that were bringing their children to Jesus and saying, this is not of any value. Why bother the master? Jesus has more important things to do than to be concerned with kids. My friends, we need to bring our children to Jesus. Jesus saw what was happening. He was in the house or near the door. Jesus today sees what we do. He sees into our hearts. He sees when we fail to bring our children to Jesus. 
Jesus was very displeased with the disciples. The words here for much displeased indicates to feel pain. The disciples were causing Jesus' heart pain because of their actions that day. My friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, parents and grandparents, and sometimes as a church, we can cause Jesus heart pain because we stand in the way of our children coming to Jesus. Jesus began to feel indignation toward the disciples. And he called the disciples to him. The disciples didn't understand the nature of Jesus' kingdom. They were saying, in effect, Jesus can't be bothered with children. He doesn't have time for just kids. The kingdom is for adults. That seems to be what the disciples were saying. But my friends, they were so wrong. For the kingdom, as Jesus said, is made up of those who make themselves to be like children in their childlike faith and trust. He says, suffer the little children to come to me. Let them come to me, for of such is the kingdom of God. Don't forbid them. Don't hinder them. As a matter of fact, he says, stop hindering the children from coming to me. Are you hindering your children from coming to Jesus? If you hinder your child from coming to Jesus, it could have eternal consequences. Jesus, I believe, at that time held up a child before the disciples, and he says, of such is the kingdom of heaven. The child is an example of simple, trusting, loving obedience. Do you know the way of salvation? The way of salvation is to come trusting like a little child. Verily, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, heed my voice, Jesus says, whosoever, and that covers everyone, whosoever does not receive the kingdom as a little child, simple, childlike faith. Do you know the way of salvation? The way of salvation is to come trusting like a little child. Verily, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, heed my voice, Jesus says, whosoever, and that covers everyone, whosoever does not receive the kingdom as a little child. Simple, childlike faith, complete trust. By no means ever at any time can enter the kingdom of heaven. My friends, it's my concern. It's my great concern as I consider the things that I see from day to day. As I consider those things and compare those things to what I have seen in other churches. I remember 
in times gone by that I have seen children 8, 9, 10, and 11 years old as a matter of course coming to Jesus. And it concerns me greatly when I see those that have come to their teen years and still haven't come to know Jesus as Savior. Let the children come to Jesus. Let me close with this and if I'd issue a challenge to you today. Let the children come to Jesus. This morning, as we're gathered together here, there are some parents possibly here that may not be Christian. I challenge you today to come with childlike faith in Jesus Christ. Come to Him. And when you come to Him, then you will let your children come to Jesus. There are some parents here today who are Christian and not a member of this church. And that simple fact in itself may stand in the way of you letting your children come to Jesus. Let your children come to Jesus. Then there are some parents here today who are Christian and who need to make a new commitment of their life to Jesus Christ, a turnaround, a rededication, and by making that rededication, you let your children come to Jesus. We're going to sing hymn number 355. And I'm going to ask you, parents, grandparents, every one of you here today, to heed this challenge. And if there is something in your life that is hindering your child, or your grandchild, or a child that you know that is looking up to you from coming to Jesus, I'm going to ask you today to make it right. And in terms of the things that I've shared with you today, become a member of this church. Make a rededication of your life. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And let your children come to Jesus. While we stand and sing, 355.